For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. I'm proud. I'm proud. I am proud. I'm proud to be Union Strong. To be Union Strong. Be Union Strong. To be Union Strong. I'm a teacher, and I'm Union Strong. I wouldn't have it any other way. Melinda Person is an educator, she's a mom of four. She teaches yoga in her spare time and she's an Ironman triathlete. She's also the new president of the nearly 700,000 member New York State United Teachers, the largest union in the state. Melinda's laser focused on our priorities for NYSIT and she's our guest next on the Union Strong Podcast. Melinda, welcome to the Union Strong Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And I want to say congratulations. Um, you're the new president of NYSIT. I know you've been in the role for coming up almost on six months now. So congratulations to you. Thank you. It's been a whirlwind, but it's been fantastic too. And I think we should point out, you've been instrumental, I think it's fair to say, in shaping the priorities for the union already in your position as um, executive director and political director. So you kind of knew the pathway that the union should be taking, but I know you have your own priorities that you're focused on. So start by telling us a little bit about that. What are the priorities for NYSET right now? So we have three big items that we're focused on. The first is uh, making sure that our professions are sustainable and enticing professions, the careers that people want to go into. The second is making sure that our workplaces are places where educators and our students can thrive. And our third is growing our numbers and the strength and power of our union. Those are sort of the three big buckets. And we'll talk a little bit about how you're going to try to achieve them and what programs you'd have in place. But um, with knowing your priorities, what about the challenges right now? I mean, we're still, you know, we're off COVID, we're back into schools. Um, you've got the influx of um, the children of asylum seekers coming into the school system. That's what comes to mind for me. Um, shortage of teachers too, but there, there might be other things that you see are the biggest challenges for educators today. The school staffing shortage is probably the, the top item that we're focused on. We want to make sure that the best and brightest are going into the education profession. And right now, we've seen a big drop off in people going into teaching. Our education schools, the schools that prepare people for a career in education, over the last decade, the enrollment in those programs has dropped off by 50%. And so not only are we having people leave earlier than we would hope, we also are not feeding the pipeline the way that we need to for the future. So what, do you, what can you do about that? So we're, one of the things we're trying to do is keep people in the profession. We are trying to change working conditions for our members such that they feel like they can stay. And it's, things have really improved since the pandemic. We're, we're starting to get back to normal, but our members are still reporting that their jobs are really tough. Kids are coming to schools these days with a lot more needs, mental health issues that uh, are unprecedented. It was rough before the pandemic, but it's gotten significantly worse. And we also see kids that are coming with higher rates of poverty, food insecurity, housing needs. They're coming to this in the school door with needs that are beyond educational. And so we are making a big push for investment in community school programs mm -hmm. so that kids can come to school ready to learn with all of their needs met. 
And what about the um, children of asylum seekers? How are, how are we able to handle that? So public schools are uniquely prepared to accept students because public schools have a history of welcoming all students. So we have seen uh, real um, community support for all of these new students. Our members are showing up not only for the students' educational needs, but here and here in the Capital District, all of our members showed up to take care of families, making sure that they had clothes, that they had necessities for their new housing conditions, right? That's what our members do. We now need the state and federal government to follow through with some funding for the schools mm -hmm. because we do need more staff so that we can um, accommodate all of these new students. Sure. And we need it in the current year, not in the future, because we don't want... Um, we don't want to have a negative impact on the system. We need to, to resource these schools now. So you mentioned a little bit about um, what, the, what the teachers are facing and what you're trying to do about it. One of the things that you were able to accomplish in the past session, and I know you're with the governor not too long ago with the bill signing, and that was on the workplace safety you're issue. For our teachers, you're fighting for our children because they are the beneficiaries of the teachers who are in those classrooms. So Melinda, thank you. Thank you for fighting hard for some of the legislation that we are signing already today. These two bills that the governor is signing today are important steps to improve the profession and to improve our public schools here in the state of New York to make them the strongest and the best that they can be. Tell me about those victories. Yes, that is one of my, my proudest moments was when the governor signed the Workplace Violence Prevention Act. So for those who don't know, back in 2006, the Workplace Violence Prevention Act was passed. But for some reason, schools were excluded mm -hmm. from those protections. And we wanted to, we've been fighting for almost a decade now to get schools included in that law because our staff deserve violence-free schools, right, as well, not just um, other workers. Okay. So getting that bill signed, we will now be able to um, work with the Department of Labor to make sure that there are prevention plans in place to keep our members and the students that they serve safe. And talk to me a little bit, too, about a, this is a huge issue that was years and years um, in, in the making, and that is fully funding foundation aid, which I know you had involvement in like right from the beginning. So explain a little bit about what that aid is and um, what it took to get fully funded finally. So the fight for foundation aid has been a 30-year fight. So when I say it's been a long time, I'm not, this is not just hyperbole. <laughs> it is 30 years is a long fight. And it started with the campaign for fiscal equity lawsuit um, back when I was in high school. And there have been fights at the court level and the legislature to get funding for schools so that all students could have a sound basic education. That's what our state constitution guarantees. And every year since we've been in this fight, we've been told, well, there's not enough money, we can't afford it. And finally, Governor Hochul actually fulfilled this 30-year promise. So this is a huge win for us. And now there's a lot of people out talking about the need to revise the formula and update the formula, which is all true. Right, because it um, took so long to get here. Yes, but we're, I'm still in the space of let's just celebrate this one year that we got it funded, um, and then we start revising it next year. Uh, what about moving forward legislatively? What are some of the priorities uh, that NYSET has? One thing we've been talking about this month is a bill that would limit school temperatures. 
uh, we had quite a heat wave here in New York in September, and I visited schools where the classroom thermostat was registering 95 degrees. And you would look out at the students, and they were like little wilted flowers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who can even think when it's yes. like that? They're melting on their desks. Yeah. So um, we have been fighting for many years for a law um, that would limit school temperatures to 88 degrees um, and and, and create some, some some type of remediation when you reach 82 degrees. Even 88 sounds uncomfortable. It it is. Um, but at 88, you would have to actually move the kids to a different space. Okay. It's uninhabitable. Right. You're drawing um, the line. Yes. Yes. Uh, 82, you'd have to bring in fans and mm -hmm. do some other remedy. Um, but, but what we were seeing were temperatures far exceeding 88. And we visited, it's not one district. This is, we were in Saratoga, we were in White Plains. We were getting reports from every corner of New York State that these conditions were really unbearable. Yeah, just even at the beginning of October, we were back into summer. So, you know, it's well into the school year we're talking about. Yes, and as, you know, as the, the climate changes, you know, we, this is something that we foresee as an ongoing situation that needs to be addressed. And we're hoping that this is the year that the legislature is going to take up that bill. Okay, great. And then I know you have a new campaign um, that's in the works, Educator Inspired. And I, I saw a video um, with the state controller, Tom DiNapoli. I don't know if he was your first one, but it was great to hear him talking about who inspired him. I wouldn't be state controller if I didn't have wonderful teachers, especially in high school social studies, who really encouraged me to be involved first with student government and then running for a seat on the Board of Education. Uh, I think of two in particular, uh, my 10th grade teacher on, uh, I guess we called it World Studies back then, Bob Storch, and then my American History teacher in 11th grade, Guy Brock. Tell me about I that campaign and what the goals are. Yeah, so Almost every adult that I speak to has a favorite educator, somebody that made a difference for them, somebody who changed the trajectory of their life or got them inspired about their subject area. And what we're doing is asking people to tell those stories. And it's really inspiring because when, when people put those stories out into the world, our members get to be reminded of who they are for their students. And so we're trying to amplify that message. So um, do you have a, f a favorite teacher that you would want to share about? I have a, uh, someone who comes to mind. It was my photography teacher, Mr. Taylor. Um, I, but I don't know if that counts because that was just fun, right? That was a fun class. It was photography class. Fun classes still count. Yeah, and I really <laughs> looked forward to it. But um, he taught me a lot and um, he made it fun. And so I, I enjoyed it so much, I ended up, when I got out of high school, that was one of the first things that I did. I got into photography. So it really stuck with me. And I, and I still use those skills today. When we tell those stories, I've had the, the pleasure of actually taking those stories and then sharing them with the educator who um, was being spoken about by, their stu by a former student. That's nice. You're going to bring it full circle. Oh, it, it is so lovely to see them see themselves through their students' eyes. It's really inspiring. That's great. Um, anything else you want us to know about what's to come ahead uh, for NYSED? Any um, particular priorities maybe that we didn't cover people should know about? Uh, we are going to be talking about the New Deal for Public Higher Education. In New York State, 
the funding for public higher education has been on a multi-decade trajectory downward, and we want to turn that around. We know that public higher education here in New York State is one of the crown jewels of New York, and it, it serves communities, it provides um, employed workers for all of the industry here in New York, and the, the uh, the drop-off in funding over time, it, the failure for it to keep up with inflation is placing more and more of the burden on students, and it's also limiting access. So we're asking for a multi-billion dollar investment in public higher education here in New York, so you'll be hearing us talk a lot about that this year as well. Okay, great. And before I let you go, I just have to say a little bit about um, your background coming into this, your, also, your, your personal side of Melinda Person, if you will, um, because it's pretty impressive. I had two kids. You have four children. Yes. Um, I know you teach yoga when you can, and I don't know how you fit that in because I have seen you've hit the ground running. And the fact that you're an Ironman triathlete, I mean, that's, a, wow, I just, that's impressive. How do you, you must have super organizational skills or something. How do you do all this and manage it? And time management for an educator is important and a leader. So I got to think that's a strong asset for you. But how do you do it all? Yes. Being a mom is, of course, job one for mm -hmm. me. And I like to tell people I have I have four kids, uh, 10 and under. So there's nothing I can't handle. It's uh, <laughs> true. I keep that, that household going. <laughs> um, but yes, I have a lot of other hobbies. My yoga practice actually keeps me grounded and mm -hmm. provides me with the skills to face challenges um, in a way that I think other people could really benefit from, <laughs> from those skills. And my, my Ironman training, I'm a bit out of shape these days. I haven't, I haven't done one in a while. Um, but my endurance training um, is actually, was actually great practice for work in the labor movement uh, because it is a long fight. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to be willing to just keep going. So, right. Be um, dedicated, be focused. You're not giving up. Yeah. It's, it's, this is, we're in here for the long haul. This is not a, not a, not a sprint. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you again for coming on this, the podcast, Melinda. I appreciate it. Melinda Person from the New York State United Teachers. Thank you. Thank you. It is my honor to stand here as your next NYSET president. It is only fitting that I am surrounded by the very people who give me confidence in the future of both NYSIT and of our nation, day in and day out. Joining me on the podcast is our communications and campaign coordinator, Liz O'Neill. Hi, Liz. Hi, Darcy. Well, she's got a lot of energy and a lot going on. Yes, she has really hit the ground running. It was so great to have her on the podcast today and hear everything that she's already working on just in her first uh, few months as president. Yeah, one of the things um, that is when you think about it, really crazy that they even have to deal with this is that heat in the classroom issue that she talked about. That really, really jumped out at me too. I cannot believe that there are students and educators who are in 95 degree classrooms. That is um, crazy. So it's so good to hear that um, NYSET is, you know, fighting, you know, for classrooms that are comfortable and it's going to be even more important, you know, in the coming years as climate, you know, climate change is happening and, you know, temperatures are warming. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be just even more important. When we think about it, you know, just in the beginning of October, we had, it was like it was summer again. So when, you know, it used to be that you didn't need any kind of 
air conditioning type situation or fans in the schools because it didn't always used to be this way, really, before climate change. And now the kids are in school in September, October. We're still having these heat waves. So it is really an important issue to, to be able to have you know, the educators do a good job and the kids be able to learn. Yes, yes, super important. So really glad to hear the nice that's on it. All right. Thanks, Liz. <laughs> thanks, Darcy. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary-treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.